0: Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the snare campaign provocateur, the world beater himself. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up? Playoff season, world beater. Kind of makes sense
1: to me. Playoff season, world beater. I'm proud to report I uh, won two fantasy basketball leagues. Here we go. One of which was Jeff Rosenstocks. I beat Matt, the drummer from the Sidekicks, in the finals. I had... Been concerned that I was like the Carl Malone or Chris Paul of this (laughs) league because I had appeared in uh, two finals already and lost. So this was my third time in the finals in five seasons. And if I didn't take it home, I was I was worried that I was going to Charles Barkley land forever. So thank thankfully a very it's a very competitive pride filled league and i'm glad i brought one home you know
0: you got the old monkey off your back now it's like
1: all they can call you is champ after that so but you think i'm gonna come in next season like a little out of shape like like i'm the champion like i can just i mean i guess that's the good thing about uh a league like this, you do, it's not a keeper league, so I got to come in fresh next season with fresh talent,
0: you know? Or it's been such a grind that this season's just going to roll into the next, and it's almost like like KD was talking about on his podcast, that you just don't have a break, and you just keep that championship form going.
1: home Holmgren, number one overall oh, fantasy man. pick next year. Oh, come man. On.
0: All right. But what's that's up with that's you, that's dude? That. We have uh, uh, kind of some unfortunate tune-up news to report today or yeah, yeah. um the place where we started the show the,
1: the birth of the tune up. that's
0: right but more importantly uh benny started three bands at the jc studios in town and had a little fire this past week but uh yeah so we'll see what happens but what more
1: do you got yeah i'd like to say rest in peace to that but that building was huge for me i mean you know I was not necessarily like a city type. I'd never lived in that environment. I appreciate my private time. And once, you know, I had a family and stuff there and, you know, I had this little space two blocks from my house with a lock and key. And, you know, the other drummer I shared it with, we were on opposite schedules. So it really became like some kind of a refuge for me. You know, it was like my, my quiet, uh, Quiet space to explain to anyone who doesn't know i rented a small uh a room in a basement in a building very old building in jersey city where i played drums for nearly a decade i called it the peace pocket had a lot of vibe uh it was first where i met denny and where we we started doing the tune-up i started bottom feeder in that room i started wax bottles in that room mercy union in that room you know uh Brought my my son and my daughter when they were little babies to play drums in that room. Uh, ate a big pile of mouse shit once in that room. A lot of a lot of sketchy stuff too. There's <laughs> in the moment. Sometimes you walk. Uh, you know, it was also the type of building where, if it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was playing drums for like an hour, I'd go. You know what? Should probably go outside for ten minutes just in case. You know, (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what kind of air I'd just been breathing for an hour. It's dank. So you know, it was sketch. And then uh, yeah, last week there was a fire in the studio upstairs, and looks like the building's over. And I still had my buddy Dan and Wes in the basement renting space. They lost some gear, not not too much, but yeah, it's like you know beyond my own personal the um, sentiment with it it's also potentially kind of the the death of the last like artistic downtown space in jersey city there's just like that was uh there's kind of nothing left for something like that down there and that that's really a shame too you know
0: yeah and this building let me tell you uh, you know like I've been on a bunch of like tv sets radio sets People yeah. pay so much money to try right. to create the vibe that you had there, and it was just like yeah. hanging out, chilling. It was awesome. So
1: yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. To to get a prop crew to put that much gear in one room <laughs> would, do, would cost thousands.
0: <laughs> well, Benny, do you know what segment costs us thousands each and every week to put on for you?
1: Th- thousands of lira.
0: <laughs> that's right. It's this day music history. Do, 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 do.
1: This one's funny. In 1991, MC Hammers, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, became the first rap rap album to go diamond Hmm. for sales of 10 million copies in America. Hmm. 10 million. That's crazy. And now, you know, in hindsight, I was like wondering why at the elementary school I went to at the time, I believe I was in like fifth grade or something when this came out why like a bunch of like weird middle class semi suburban kids are wearing like parachute pants and like doing these funny dances and stuff. And you forget that something like MC Hammer, this wasn't like hip hop. This was mainstream music. It came out at the same time as Vanilla Ice had this like big grand presentation. I believe he was the song in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Or was no, that was Vanilla Ice. Excuse me. Hammer was in some other ones. (laughs) But the thing it makes me remember is like how uh, we talk a lot about uh, hip hop as a as a genre. And when you realize that, like by 1991 already, some version of hip hop was already like completely mainstream pop radio, you know, the subsequent like 30 years after, you know, all bets are off with the genre, like the same way. Rock and roll has been divided into many subcategories in this. I think there needs to be like a little bit of a reformation in hip hop to start really, you know, being able to, to classify through the eras and through the styles, you know, because the, the term is just too broad now.
0: Yeah, but I kind of feel like that's the natural evolution, right? Because it's like for a while there was like rock and roll music and you knew exactly what that was. You knew what it, it sounded like. And then you kind of get to like the 80s and everything kind of splinters. I think when something happens and has kind of a critical mass, it, it's going to splinter. Now we don't kind of have like like names for a lot of like Little Nas X is not the same as like J. Cole and, and like Jack Harlow yeah. isn't the same as Jay-Z. So it's like that's it's right. kind of interesting.
1: But you also say that about rock and roll but I mean in the era you're talking like the of the difference between artists from from the late 50s to the late 60s. Right. Just in 10 years of rock and roll like the kind of evolutions that happened in there. So, you know, it doesn't take much time. Mm. All right, Benny. What do you what do you what do you got today?
0: Oh, I got Benny, you know I always try to keep it in New Jersey as much as possible in this day music history. And That's this true. day in 1967 Nancy Sinatra and Frank Sinatra started a four-week run at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with Something Stupid. And, you know, you may think, okay, Frank Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra, uh, another number one, but it is uh, became the only father-daughter act to ever score a number one single. Oh.
1: Ever. Yeah. Hmm. So, big ups. I, I mean what are the other are there any other even contenders who like came close i'm trying to think probably remember, uh, wait did nat king cole and natalie king cole they didn't make it to number one remember that song <laughs> Yeah, unforgettable um i don't know if that
0: went to number one big hit big hit it was oh, a big they didn't hit. make it
1: um, they weren't they weren't like the griffies or they didn't uh, quite make it <laughs>
0: Or, uh, you know, uh, Billy Ray and Miley, Cyrus.
1: Yeah, yeah. um, So so the the fact that that's still holding up is pretty big with this other company in tow here. Yeah,
0: so how about that? On this day, 1967, Sinatra's making history. (laughs) All right, first headline today, Benny. We got a a music headline to kick things off. Some of Seattle's pre-2000 grunge icons, including Nirvana bassist uh, Chris... Nova Selleck, uh, sound. Nice. What? Boom. Nailed you did it. Did it good. I was like, you know, they don't give out, uh, phonetic spellings in music. You just kind of got to wing it. Um, <laughs> uh, I live off of a phonetic spelling. Uh, Soundgarden <laughs> guitarist, uh, Kim Thale, and Pearl Jam Soundgarden drummer, Matt Cameron. Imagine if that was the one that I messed up. (laughs) But the reason why we're talking about this is they formed a new super group called Third Secret, and without having any announcement, no social media fanfare, none of that, they just put out their debut album on Wednesday. So, Benny, a lot to make of this, but um, quite the trio here.
1: I'm really happy to hear about this, and... You know, there's some context here that you got to think about. Like, remember, Matt Cameron is the, you know, active drummer for Pearl Jam now. He has been for a long time, but he broke in as the drummer from Soundgarden. Um, And that's where he, you know, really, really made his chops. Obviously, Kim Thale's been the guitar player the whole time. And, you know, they lost Chris Cornell in 2017. And then, you know, obviously, Chris Novoselic's musical career completely... Went opposite directions after Kurt Cobain died. From my understanding, like Chris Novoselic's been playing music almost this entire time. Like he has always been in bands. He makes records, and the two women that are in this band with them are in his current band. So it's kind of like a really nice, you know, thing for people who have been through like sort of a shared experience and that a shared unique experience in that way. And then, uh, you know, I I don't expect, you know, it's kind of an old school cut, but they also have um, uh, Bubba Dupree in the band, who is the guitar player from Void. And Void was like, uh, you know, one of the pioneering DC hardcore bands in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, part of the minor threat, bad brains, you know, scene and I got to assume because Dave Grohl is from, you know, Virginia and part of that scene, he must have known Void and Pat Smear knows Void. And so there's like a cool familial connection in this band. And it must have been a lot of fun. I also always appreciate a group who gets together, writes their songs, rehearses, records them, does everything without anybody knowing. Like, that's cool because it's much cooler being a band when you have music to play. And that's a hard thing to do, especially when people like them who have, you know, sort of higher profiles can keep it so hush hush for so long. But I'm happy to see it look forward to it. Great musicians, very cool.
0: I'm reading a book right now of a of of a buddy of yours, uh the uh Meet Me in in, in the Bathroom, uh, about oh, yeah. uh the early 2000s New York situation. And, Lizzie
1: Goodman, big ups.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um lo- it's it it's such easy read. She wrote it like yeah, a oral history. It's, it's it's really cool. Um, but yeah. like the part that I found interesting, right, was her like talking about like New York and like everyone talking about like the idea of like New York being Oz and people being like there was no music scene um in like the 90s cuz people from all over the country were just moving to Seattle. Nowadays that's unfathomable that people would not want to be in like New York, LA, like Austin, like some of these like bigger scenes. It's pretty cool that that happened at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I also think we're starting to see, I mean like because of social media and the way things are now, almost, you know, it's as usual our reflection between sports and music on the show like it's a lot easier to be like a small mid-market team and keep a superstar these days, you know? Mm. I think it's a lot easier to be uh like a band from anywhere now. Yeah. You know, and like you can visit these scenes without living there. But I also do think it's like taking away from something because you know, so rarely now do you get that collective scene sound, you know, where You knew something was from Seattle at a certain point, you know, you knew something was from New York at a certain point, London, like, uh, you know, even uh, Omaha for like Saddle Creek and things like this. So that I think is going away because bands are leaving their little bubble, you know, faster than they used to
0: and just the influence of the internet i mean it, it, it's hard to have original ideas when you're just being hit with all of this all the time especially if you're trying to promote y- your music there so it's there's just like a natural human desire to like you hear something and you like want to be like similar even if you want to be like fuck that it's still right. kind of in like the back of your brain so that's kind of yeah, interesting
1: yeah yeah 100% just watched the uh, sub pop documentary last night very cool oh yeah where's that streaming I have no idea. My wife had it on and I walked oh, nice. into the room. Nice. So <laughs> and and I would love to be able to pinpoint it, but we have far too many streaming sites. I know. Well, <laughs> I don't
0: know which Oh, that's another story for another day. We're trying to keep it fun here today. But uh yeah, oh no streaming sites. Benny, I, I had one other question on this. I I feel like I've I've given you enough time to marinate on this because I kind of threw it right at you right in your face in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, before mm-hmm. we got rolling here. Um, if you had to put together a post two thousands New Jersey punk super group, who would be in it?
1: Post two thousands, or do you want to pre? Either way, pre. Because well, post- now you're taking, you know, like the bouncing souls out. Yeah. You're taking, you're taking a lot of the classics. If you do that, um, right, then then uh, let's, yeah. go, pre. let's yeah. go pre. yeah. Well. Let's go all of it. Let's okay. just go all of it. Try to think of. I'm just gonna go with my personal favorite, yeah. so this doesn't take too much time. I'm gonna go Dave Wagon shoots from Lifetime on drums. I'm gonna go Pete Steinkoff from the Bouncing Souls on guitar. Um, bass, boost. We had the best bass player. You know, I'll go. I'll go Tim from Thursday, locks it down, Mm. the lockdown bass player. He's my kind of bass player, you know, and then vocals with this group. Hard not to say a double lifetime and go Ari Katz. You know, what? I'll give it to my buddy. Rest in peace, Dave Franklin from Vision. Miss you. miss hearing him sing. So we're going to give Dave a nod right there.
0: There we go. Love that. Um And be, be sure to chime in with yours. Tune up HQ, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. But we're not at that portion of the program. All right. We talked about the I music. Could go through
1: my, I can go through my record collection. I have a different list for you in, in three minutes. I love, it. This is a tough, I love it. It's a tough one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Benny. Let's get into some hoops, shall we? Because I feel like this Please. is going to dominate most of the proceedings here today. Um. All right. So we are in the business season of the NBA playoffs, the play-in tournament, just about wrapping up. As we get into the real meat and potatoes here of the first round of the NBA playoffs. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Because Benny, I feel like we've kind of fallen out of the prediction business, which it's like I don't know why, because predictions <laughs> are fun. But we need to get back in there.
1: <sighs> gotta put our money where our
0: mouth is. Exactly. If it makes a while, you know. All right, so first round matchups here, Benny. We are going to start with, well, do you want to start with Miami or do you want to go start with your Nets and the Brooklyn uh, the, the the Brooklyn well, Celtics, that's well, funny.
1: Let's warm up with Miami first before you give me the big cheese.
0: All right. All right. So we're going to start at the top, work our way down. We have the number 1 Miami Heat taking on either Atlanta or Cleveland. Um which matchup do you think here, Benny? And we'll get to the predictions in a little bit. But which matchup do you think is better for Miami here?
1: I mean, I really think Atlanta's going to win this game, and I much—I really think Miami would prefer to see Cleveland at this point in Atlanta. Cleveland's a different team than they were at the beginning of the year. You know, we talked about it on text. You know, uh, Evan Mobley is great he hit a point he's he's he doesn't have the 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 step he had at the beginning of the season he's never played this much basketball before uh jared allen you know is is a question mark so i think they definitely are i think they're going to see atlanta so let's just say it's atlanta um i think atlanta might give them a hard time i you know i i don't think they have the the moxie to take the series um because there's a bunch of stuff miami can do that uh, I don't think Atlanta can stop at all. Um, so unless Atlanta learns how to play a an entirely different brand of defense in the next you know couple days, I don't see uh, them taking more than a game or two from Miami. The their defense this year still finished bottom five.
0: Which it's like if you kind of watch them, you're like that kind of makes sense cuz they they end up in a lot of up and down games. I'm not exactly sure that that's Nate McMillan's fault. It's kind of how this roster is is built, but I mean if, if if you don't have like like a semblance of of defense going up against Miami um, and you know, like Tyler Hero's found, found his way. Bam has been looking great. I just think that that's going to be a tough one. So I, I, I think regardless of who the opponent is, I think my Miami gets through. Um, I, I actually think Cleveland makes it a little tougher for them. You know, Cleveland won the season series with them, but like you said, they're a, a young team and they've kind of hit that wall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, you know, and it's going to be an interesting point here. Cause you know, they had a great little run last season, you know, kind of you know hit their ceiling and 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 had a rough part of the season this year and Trey Young is obviously like you know he's proven himself now as you know an elite offensive player in the NBA like mm-hmm. that that's no question but you have to set up an entire team to kind of mask him on defense and they're going to have to figure something out long term because you can't bench Trey Young. You can't keep him off the floor. He's too good. Yeah. He's too good on offense. Like you just can't do it. So they're gonna really have to do some clever things with that roster to to try to make it work. Miami gets the easy pass through.
0: Um, yeah, let's
1: let's go hard games here. I'll say, I'll say this is. Uh, we'll go to a game. Yeah, I don't think they take more than one. This is four to one, I say.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going heat and five as well. All right. All right, let's move to the easily the most intriguing matchup of the first round for a variety of reasons, both on and off the court. Uh, Philadelphia, Toronto, four versus yeah. five matchup. Um, Matisse Thibault will not be partaking in, in the games in Toronto for, you know, I think a reason you could probably guess. Apparently, the NBA's most beloved YouTuber doesn't believe in vaccines. Or he got he got the first one and was like, this didn't do shit. And he didn't get the second or the booster. So th- that's a long way to ask you, Benny. Uh, Raptors, Sixers, who you got?
1: You know, as much as, listen, you know I am actively rooting against the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> right now. It's become fun almost. <laughs> like, like if you asked me two years ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Sixers. I kind of root for them, you know. I like Embiid, I like Curry, like, you know, good team. Okay. Now I hate the Sixers (laughs) again. Um, So my instinct is to be like, oh, Fiebel's not going to Canada. They can't. But realistically, as a basketball fan, I don't think Toronto has enough to actually take them in the series. And I just think it's because, you know, once you start getting down to these series and possession by possession, sometimes it just comes down to unique, singular freak talent. And Joel Embiid is by far the best player in that series. And Toronto doesn't really, I mean, who are they playing against Embiid in this series? You know, Ken Birch, Boucher, like, like the small ball lineup. I know Toronto has a lot of that length that they can kick around, but um, Embiid's going to do work and, and Harden has something to prove. Listen, the narrative is just too juicy for like Harden to be out already. And this is that, like as much as I'd love to see it, Philly still has enough that I think they're going to take this, even though uh, some of the games in Canada might be extra interesting. But I I think still Philly in six here.
0: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It is my official, like, this is the laziest take I have, but it's also the most accurate, the one where the best player in the series normally wins. I mean, you know. Um, And in that case. There's some truth to it. um, That is Embiid. Um, however though I think over the pe- course of the past month and a half the Raptors have maybe been one of the best teams in basketball um, and there's something about that championship core you, you know Scotty Barnes has looked good Pascal Siakam has had, had a bounce back year um, I think Nick Nurse is a much better coach than Doc Rivers and you know that pains me us Marquette guys gotta stick together <laughs> um, you know I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that this game goes 6 yeah. and I'm gonna go Philadelphia 76ers oh (laughs) you
1: come on after all that what's your prediction though very disappointed (laughs) I said Philly and six Philly and six six. cool
0: all right next game down the docket oh my Milwaukee Bucks going down to Chicago a a classic oh my god I forget the road what is that I87 there matchup first round (laughs) playoff series
1: Um, but the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Chicago Bulls. Benny, who do you like here? I mean, they gotta like the Bucks. They're they're coming in with with the core intact. Got Brooke back. This is like the championship lineup, you know, and and they're ready to go. And Chicago's got no Lonzo ball. They kind of lost their identity towards the end of the season and looked a little floppy. I'm already hearing the Zach Levine's going other places, rumors just because of this bad stretch. I don't think they're uh they're, you know, gonna get, get mopped up like people think they will. I think they take a game or two. But listen, the Bucks won the regular season 4-0. Uh they got their number. Chicago's shorthanded. They they don't stand a chance. Bucks machine is rolling. They got Bucks in like five in this one. Oh wow. You know, we talked about the Raptors being one of the
0: hottest teams in the NBA since the All-Star break. Bulls, one of the worst five records in the NBA since then. I don't think that they get this thing back together. Um, I want to say Bucks in, in six because, you know, like the T-shirt. But, like, you know, let's
1: save that for later. Okay, so Bucks in five. How about that? You're going Bucks in five, too. The one thing I'm amending, I'm not amending my pick, but I'm Philly in seven instead of Philly in Oh, six.
0: Wow. Do you think how epic? I think
1: we, I think maybe Toronto. Toronto could squeak one game in Philly and make it really funky. They how
0: could. fun would this be if we get like Joel gets his, his chance to make a corner three over the Sixers to uh, over the Raptors, yeah, kind of knock yeah. them out. Low revenge,
1: the curse of Kawhi. He's getting <laughs> back.
0: All right, Benny, let's move down to a a matchup. I'm not sure how how you're feeling about this. The number two seed Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets. Benny, what are you thinking here?
1: Listen, so I've gone over this series a lot, okay? And, you know, what what Bruce Brown said, even though he shouldn't have said (laughs) it, uh, was accurate. And I do think the Nets have a chance to, like, really run, like, their bigs off the floor a little. When you're throwing, uh, you know, this Durant lineup at guys like Horford and Thice like, I'm pretty comfortable with that element of it. Um, I do think Tatum and Brown are going to have their way. I think Smart is going to be a beast out there. I think he's going to get right up in Kyrie's business, like, from the first second of the first game. Um, it's gonna be like his job to like spirit the vitriol of the city of Boston. That's what Marcus <laughs> Smart does, you know, as the Dustin Pedroya of basketball. <laughs> he uh he's gonna go like really get in those guys grill on the perimeter and cause a fuss. So I don't I don't like it, but here's here's the thing I'm going back to again is like the Nets have Kevin Durant. And when I'm coming down to the fact that I'm like, yeah, this is in a lot of ways the series could go either way. It's a pick 'em. It's this and this. I'm going with the team who has Kevin Durant. So I'm taking the Nets in seven upset.
0: I also am going seven games, but I'm gonna go Boston because okay. I I think. I think you know we've talked a lot about Brad Stevens on this podcast and how he's like done uh, good job, bad job, and everywhere in, in between. I think hiring Ime Adoka was like one of the greatest things he could possibly do. A guy who had a year on Steve Nash's staff and has a, a, a lot of knowledge of how they run things in Brooklyn. Listen, I'm not saying that he's calling up the video coordinators and be and they're like you know like sending like the scouting report across, but. I think you know he's done a great job. Um, since February first, they the Celtics are twenty four and six. That's that's yeah. scorching hot. Um, they yeah, best defense in the NBA. Yeah. So um, I think um, this may be tough for Kyrie because Kyrie, when he goes up against these defenses, uh, he'll, he'll he'll get numbers, but he's not getting like his like numbers like the other night. So I'm going to go for a defense for a record for all these reasons. I'm going to go Celtics and seven. All right. You son of a bitch. I, I know. I don't feel good. You have it. to
1: get, but I do, you know, since you mentioned it, I will jump on Brad Stevens deserves a lot of credit for this season, shortening up the bench, uh, getting rid of, you know, your Romeo Langford's and Josh Richardson and not really letting them see the floor much anymore. And then, you know, making this Derek White deal, getting just a functional basketball player back for not much. Um, And then, you know, Daniel Theis looked like a sort of ancillary pickup, like a superfluous pickup when it happened. And then Robert Williams goes down and he's, he's vital to the success of this season. But most importantly, I think, you know, it would have been tempting, especially after he was coach and all these years and all the chatter to break up tatum and brown and smart you know and and not and not let this crew um have a chance and get with a new coach and, and do it differently so also credit for just you know when you have two dynamic you know wing players the types of players that everybody in the league is looking for you just you don't break them up you don't break them up without really knowing so credit credit to stevens on his work this season all right moving to the western conference now
0: uh we're going to have phoenix versus the eight seed um eight seed looking like it it, it's a matchup between new Orleans and the clippers um does it matter who the who the suns play here
1: no (laughs) (laughs) no not really i mean i mean i think you know maybe one series is a little more dynamic than the other like if you know, if the Clippers are running out there with the, the lineup they have, plus a healthy Paul George and Norman Powell, then, you know, all of a sudden Phoenix is running into a, you know, good, good team, like a team that, you know, maybe could take a game at home or something like that. But, uh, no Phoenix is, is in the midst of a, a legendary season, 64 wins. I mean, there's never been a doubt all year. I've never seen this team waver or shaken in the least. And, uh, no, I expect them to roll in this series. Um, you know, I'll will give I'll, I'll give the Clippers a, a game. I'll give the Pelicans no games hmm. uh if they get to this. But this is Phoenix all the way.
0: Oh, no. These are clean sweeps across the board. Suns third in defense, fourth in offense. Monty Williams coach of the year. Next,
1: please. I mean, Paul George might he might put up like a 55 at crypto. You know, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like it, it might sneak one just doing that but that's it that's weird to say isn't it yeah right <laughs> he's gonna put up 55 at crypto 50. it sounds like i'm a trader and they're gonna
0: make it a nft it's like you're uh yeah like your yeah. stockbroker uh-huh. oh man yeah i'm i'm going sons in in four though all right next matchup we have dallas utah i feel like this is gonna be a tricky one to look at benny what do yes. you like here
1: yeah, I mean, healthy uh Luka Doncic and I was I was all Dallas all the way. I thought this was like the series that was finally going to break Utah, you know? Like um and now uh, you know, we're talking about a sprain like this is a tough one to predict because it completely depends on one player. Dallas is not winning these games without Luka, you know? Like just simply like, I don't think they're winning a game without Luca. So um if if let's just take that contingency, I'd say if if Luca misses more than two games, Utah's gonna win this series. Um they they're 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 not as bad as people think. They actually rounded into a little bit of health towards the end of the year and they they still know how to work their way through a series. They're a skilled team with a great coach. So I'm gonna say if Luca misses, misses more than two, nah. I don't know. He still might win if, if yeah, right. <laughs> if he only misses two. I'm like, you give Luka like in five games to work with there, yeah. he might do it. So, so that, I mean, it's really that's just the contingency. Healthy Luka Doncic, I, I like Dallas all the way. Semi-healthy Luka Doncic, I like Dallas in seven. No Luka Doncic, I like Utah in, you know, five.
0: See, I'm not sure about the Utah 5 with no Luka. Their defense um, has been way improved under Jason Kidd. It, it, it It's funny. These two teams, I, I feel like they like swapped in the standings because Utah dropped out of the top 10 defensively this season, and Jay Kidd and, and his crew kind of uh, got a lot better on, on that end. So um, that plus stars is a decent recipe. I... I want to go Utah, I feel Utah, I feel it in my plums, but I can't. I I can't go against Luca. I, you don't have a light bluish <laughs> you.
1: But didn't you hear Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are uh, eating dinner together?
0: Oh great. Is which one's getting COVID? And then <laughs>
1: Dude, That's what I'm saying. If if you're hearing statements saying, "Oh, those guys are getting along. They eat lunch together." You know it's bad. It's bad over there. It's bad over there. You know, most teammates are giving the kids Christmas presents and shit. Like good for you. You've you found each other at catering, you know? Yikes. Not good. Not good.
0: All right, next series, Golden State, Denver. Benny, what do you like here?
1: You know, I love the yoke. It's one of my favorite players in the league. But, uh, you know, poor him. He just doesn't have he doesn't have the back to get through a series like this right now. You know, Golden State, even with like a partial Steph, I think is going to win this series because of, uh, you know, that he's missing his his two best complimentary players and and the the rest of the roster. You you can't really trust. So I think, um, you know, Jokic out of pure will, uh, you know, gets a game, two games. But I, I like the Warriors in like six
0: uh See this. This is such a a tough one for me here, right? Because I truly think that the job that Mike Malone has done this year has been absolutely incredible. Great. Pretty much just riding Jokic yeah, to like all of this, but the emergence of Jordan Poole for the Warriors has been a, a big help, especially come playoff time. It takes the load off some of their older guys, and Kaminga is serviceable. So for all of that, I'm gonna have to. This one may go seven, but I'm gonna say it's more likely we get Warriors in six. Warriors in six. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. But I agree with you. I mean, the 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 job Malone and and Jokic have done just to keep this team afloat is is remarkable. This season really is.
0: All right, and then last first
1: round matchup, Benny Memphis
0: Minnesota, just in the electric factory of a matchup. Who do you like here?
1: Yeah, this is where I'm seeing maybe a clean sweep. Um, I don't know. I don't think Minnesota's got the juice to mess with this team. I just here's what I'm worried about. Can I tell you what I'm worried about? Yeah, please. I'm worried about Pat Bev <laughs> down three games to zero. Just doing something to Jaw don't want to see it i'm scared you know like get frustrated undercut him do something weird i'm nervous i don't that's think what, that's he's... the thing that makes me that's what makes me most nervous about this series um no i mean I, I don't you know i don't want to say this one play-in game is some huge indication or something like that but you know we were texting about it i think in the minnesota game you saw you know, the coming of Anthony Edwards. And you're like, oh, okay, this guy is, what, 19, Hmm. 20 years old? He looks like a goddamn truck. Like, his only physical comp in the NBA is LeBron James? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what his other physical comp. I'm not saying he's LeBron James, but, like, you have this uniquely gifted player sitting there, and I don't know what this does To towns like he had this great season he made these claims does this boost him up does this make minnesota this much better or does he fold and have a have a bunch of bad games i'm really curious to see the way towns reacts to this and i think it could dictate a lot of how uh you know how minnesota moves forward honestly and and, you know because if they actually make this like a little bit of a series and cat plays tough and they look like you know there's no way they're gonna win but If they look like a team who belongs, I think Minnesota, you know, they just re-signed Chris Finch, and they have a much better feeling bringing this core, you know, of of Russell and Towns and Edwards into, like, another year or two of work. So I think that's the big uh, uh, differential here.
0: This is such a big series for a Cat. I mean, he needs to... Defining. Because you could very much see a situation where if he goes for four fouls and, like, 11 points again, where Minnesota starts to think, because it's a brand-new o- ownership group, A-Rod's vocal as fuck, we know this. He starts fielding some calls, and next thing you know, it's the uh, it's the Russell and Ant show in Minnesota for the next few years, and Carl's on the outside looking in. We've seen this time and time again in other s- situations.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I-, I mean, what do you see... Like, say Cat, like, falls apart in this series. Like, looks like he did in the playing game. Like, like, what do they do, like, moving forward? Do you think they actually make some moves or something?
0: I think, you know, most NBA owners, when they take over the first year, they play nice, and the second year, they get a little bit more, more ruthless. I think the first year, they're not going to want to rock the boat too much, especially since Minnesota is a front office that has gone through a bunch of turmoil um with different personnel decisions and stuff like that the past few years. So I think he has another year, I don't but it starts the conversation and most of the time when the conversation gets started, it doesn't end with them staying in the same spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love the Timberwolves. I'd like to oh, see him fly. Them so I yeah. like them. But I like them.
0: To predict this series cuz I, I don't think I gave my prediction. This is uh excuse me. This is Memphis and four it, yeah this yeah. isn't queen even sweep. close
1: queen sweep for sure
0: all right plenty of ways to get in contact with the show you can email us at the tuneuppodcast at gmail.com two p's in there if you want to follow us on all the social platforms we're at the TuneUpHQ hq on twitter instagram and tiktok be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel uh if you want to follow the big man he is at benny horowitz one number one in your mind number one in your heart maybe number two on twitter after elon musk buys it i don't know <laughs> i am at any see. underscore Gallagher. <laughs> benny you got anything else
1: just everybody love everybody have a good week the show is ended go in peace you've been listening to the tune-up <laughs>